This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. An affordable housing initiative in London, Ontario is having a major impact. The 14-unit building on Clark Road is supported by the PHSS. PHSS is a non-profit organization that provides care and supports across Ontario's for individuals with complex medical needs. Brian Orr is the board chair of PHSS. Hey, Brian, thank you for taking the time today to chat with me on the show. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure, Dave. So the initiative takes a big focus on having a mixed residential community. What does this Clark Road community look like? Uh, It's a 14-unit facility, and the key to it was we wanted to create deliberately an intentional community. And by that, we mean as a mix of individuals living together in the same, they have their own apartments, but intentionally mixing and spending time together and supporting each other in a supportive um, environment. What are some of the services that tenants may have access to within the building itself? Uh, So the building is 14 apartments on one floor. Um, It includes two common rooms. One's a large multi-purpose room that can probably accommodate 30. If you look at the picture, it's actually in the front left corner of the picture is where that's located. And then halfway down the building, there's a smaller uh, common room that is actually set up more like uh, a recreation room or a family or or living room for people with a television, nice chairs to sit in, again, to encourage people to come out of their apartments and spend time together. And what you're seeing on there is a photograph of a single, uh, they're all single bedroom apartments. So what you're seeing is the area that's a kitchen living room area from front and back. Each apartment has an access door outside to a small patio. Oh, I so, love that. And it's all wheelchair accessible. So it's on one floor. It's wheelchair accessible throughout the building. I am loving those wood floors, by the way. That, that apartment looks nicer than my apartment, Brian. That, that's, a, that's, a sweet, that's a sweet spot right there. Uh, yeah, I, might, I might have to move in. Uh, you, guys, you guys put the apartment out. In, uh, t- you guys launched in 2018. What have, yes. what, what have the successes been like? Now that you've got a couple of years of sample size, what, where do you feel the, the greatest impact has been felt? Uh, we've been operating now with clients in the apartments for five years. We, in fact, did that at Christmas time, celebrate our fifth year. I would say one of the big successes has been, and one of the challenges when we first started this was how do you create an intentional community? Because it's a model that's developed in Europe, but there's very little experience doing that here in North America. And so what we realized was we had to work really hard at selecting individuals who were interested in living in that kind of environment. And I would say one of the huge successes we've had is that that's been successful. We've had very low turnover. People who have left have left because for very good reasons, like they got a job in another city. And so that that resulted in some turnover, but we've had no problem filling it. The other big success has been that people really are mixing. We run programs, we run communal events like like group dinners and and outings and things like that to mix. 
So when you go into the place, and this is actually at one of the events, that's our lar the large room, so you can see the size of it on it. Oh, yeah. And doing doing a mixture. So you can use, it's a multi-purpose room that you can use for virtually anything. That was our five-year celebration um, in, in the place. So what, what's been successful is the degree of mixing that has occurred. In fact, when you walk into an online most apartment buildings, most people's doors are open. They, in fact, want other residents to come in and out and interact with each other. In fact, I was there in December. We were trying to find somebody. We were having to go down through the various apartments trying to find out who they were visiting <laughs> at that particular point. Um, and the other point that was made was that people, that only four of the people out of the 14 apartments are, in fact, supported by PHSS. We didn't want to create an institutional feeling. We didn't want everybody in there to be on supportive care. So we deliberately have mixed them. And what's been a huge success is that the residents, regardless of why they're in the building, mix intimately. They spend a lot of time each other. In fact, people are not supported by us, and, and the picture shows one of them here, actually comment about what they have learned and how they value having that opportunity to intermingle and get to know people who we in society label as disabled. Mm, mm. And so that has been a huge unexpected gain in the sense of people mixing together and sharing and having good times together. Building community and the ripple effects that come with it. Brian, you mentioned that this is a model that has been somewhat popularized in Europe, but how do you think Clark Road might serve as a model for other communities in Ontario or maybe even across the country? I would say um, the reason this works was that we actually sponsored as a non for profit organization because it's really hard to sort of spontaneously create these things. We we ended up doing a lot of work with the City of London. In fact, the, the program's all set up under as part of their supportive housing function. And there was need to get government grants to or actually be able to construct and uh, the building itself. So that the efforts to do that, I think, are a significant challenge in terms of creating this kind of environment to move forward. So the other thing that's made this successful is because we sponsor, we have staff in there every day taking care of the four people we support, but they in fact interact in, and do things for everybody. So the, the concept in there is regardless of why you're there or what your, your situation is, if you need help or assistance or any needs, we will support you doing that. So I think, I think in some ways it's the sponsorship and the and the facilitating of the of the unit that really makes it successful. Brian, you talked about some of the collaboration here in getting things rolling and getting things moving. What advice would you offer to other non for not for profits or other organizations in other parts of the country if they wanted to undertake a similar initiative? I think it's a collaboration. As I said, uh, our one with the City of London is is uh, huge in terms of the success and, and, and moving this forward and sustaining it uh, as we go forward. And it's it's also um, the right developers. We're, we're very lucky in that we have developers who we've worked with on other initiatives who understand what it means to build an, a barrier-free facility or, or a home. And, and that's critical for the people we want to support um, moving forward. And it's also finding the land and 
nowadays with the increasing costs of land and mm. construction, that price point is becoming a critical issue mm. to deal with. Hey, Brian, thank you for taking some time today. Thank you to you and your colleagues on the board for all the hard work you're doing. Let's stay in touch and uh, keep talking about successes moving forward because there, there, uh, there are not too many uh, positive stories on the housing front right now. So I'll take the wins where I can find them. Absolutely, Dave. Happy to stay in touch. That's Brian Orr, the board chair of PHSS in London, Ontario. In 60 seconds, Elizabeth Moeller will have the weather story of the day. But first, here is Canadian press reporter Karen Rebo with your Morning Business Minutes. Canada's main stock index moved lower yesterday, led by weakness in base metals. Toronto's TSX index lost 75 points to close at 21,243. New York's Dow Jones average gave back 23 points and the Nasdaq dropped 87. In Tokyo this morning, the Nikkei index lost 41 points and our dollar is trading a little lower overseas this morning at 73.61 cents US. The Competition Tribunal in Ottawa is hearing a second day of arguments today in a case that could decide whether whether Cineplex can keep charging customers an extra $1.50 for buying movie tickets online. Lawyers for the competition commissioner argued yesterday the fee Cineplex charges for online purchases amounts to harmful drip pricing. They argued customers have no choice but to pay the fee and buying tickets in person at the movie theater isn't a reasonable alternative. The tribunal's been hearing debates over whether the fee was visible enough on the movie giant's website and if it's reasonable to expect moviegoers will scroll down to see the total price. From the Canadian Press Business Desk, I'm Karen Rebo. Thank you very much, Karen. Let's turn to the world of weather with Elizabeth Moeller. Elizabeth, I do eventually want to pick your brain about what yesterday was like in the GTA because it was a wacky one. But you've got some long-term stuff here out of British Columbia that's going to make for an awkward and uncomfortable couple of days. Unfortunately, I am the bearer of bad news with some wild, wet weather whiplash. I got, I think oh, I got well that done. right. Well done. <laughs> in, in BC this time for our weather report, we're traveling west. Uh, a big storm is going to be hitting British Columbia with a lot of rain and snow until later on today. This is causing a lot of trouble for travelers, especially on those highways where it's very risky and slippy and slidey. Whistler and that sea to sky from Squamish to Whistler are getting hit really, really hard with snow. Unfortunately, they could get up to 50 centimeters by later today. Already, nearly 30 centimeters of the stuff has landed. But the lower mainland is getting soaked as well with rain. Some areas might get up to 75 millimeters by later on today. Vancouver Island actually saw some wet stuff, snow on Tuesday, because of cold air mixing with a warmer system from that Pacific Ocean. And during the nighttime, the wet snow turned into rain in lower areas. Rain is unfortunately going to continue in the lower mainland with 20 to 75 millimeters expected, depending on where you are located. Those mountain areas and coastal highways are still under winter storm warnings, so do take care if you're traveling today or the next couple of days. And if you're planning to go to Whistler, mm, I'd hold off on those plans. I would probably wait a couple of days. There are going to be some power outages expected, so do take care and have those batteries on hand. But you know, Dave, I was thinking BC is being hit hard, but we're getting uh, hit hard in, in some of the 
you know, East, Eastern Ontario, Quebec, and uh, Toronto's dipped down as well. GTA's dipped down as well. Right. So that so that's what I wanted to pick your brain about. But hold on one second here, Elizabeth. It's kind. It's funny. I, I put my ski toque on for a second here, and I hear fifty. Okay. I hear fifty centimeters of fresh pow pow on whistle on yeah. Whistler, and I think to myself. Well, maybe if I have snow tires and four-wheel drive, I might be able to brave that one because 50 centimeters of pow-pow, that, that's a good time for the skiers. It's a good time. And, you know, Whistler was really, really struggling because for a long time there was no snow. Exactly. And the ski resorts were struggling. So this, although it's going to be tricky for drivers, this is actually, you're right, a good thing. Let's go skiing. Let's you, just get off the air right now. <laughs> if you're already up there, if you're already up at Whistler, it's going to be a yeah. good day. It's going to be a great day if you've already made your way north on the Ski to Sea to Sky Highway. Okay, Elizabeth, let's talk about the GTA. I, I know I'm always saying this, it's not a Toronto show, but something really wacky happened in Toronto yesterday. At about 1 p.m., it was 14 degrees. By 7 p.m. with wind chill, it <laughs> felt like minus 14. A 28-degree swing in six hours. I, I walked in yesterday wearing a T-shirt. I walked home wearing so many layers. I feel terribly i told a friend at about 12 30 i'm like you have to go outside it's gorgeous i'm on my balcony ah. she didn't get my text till 3 30 and ah, she no. went outside and she's ah. like what are you talking about why would you do that to me and i'm like i'm so sorry i met, sent this at 12 30 oh my goodness yeah, yeah. and that, that and that system is cascading ish down the 401 it never quite got as warm in places say like uh, kingston or montreal but they definitely are going through that swing in real time as it works its way east so uh, everybody's having a little bit of a wacky weather day over here and that's okay <laughs> and that's okay hey elizabeth thank you for this talk to you in the second hour You're of the welcome. show you bet, Dave. That's Elizabeth Moeller at the AMI Weather Desk. Coming up after the break, take a big breath together. It's been a pretty serious first 40 minutes of the show. So what's the benefit of a bit of indulgence? Jenny Bovard discusses the importance of indulging in a guilty pleasure now and again, something that I find deeply relatable. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Juita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.